Who dat to another Saints victory and welcome into the Who Dat Dish podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are part of the Fansided Network, bringing you everything New Orleans Saints. That includes news, analysis, opinions, and as always, great guests. Unfortunately, not for this show, but later on down the road, we will have Matt Sneedy on, who was scheduled to be on uh, this episode. Uh, but for now, as always, I'm your host, Dane Brown, joined uh, per usual, our uh, uh, senior analyst, Charlie Pollock. Charlie, what's going on, man? Yo, what's up, man? I'm excited to get into this episode. What a what a game, what a game. History. History was made. History. Absolutely, man. That's too bad. We uh you know, we talked to uh Joe from Defeating the Curse. Mm. Um he had some pretty <laughs> pretty strong opinions about that about the way the game would go down that we we just didn't really see eye to eye there. And uh you know, these these games when we play the Redskins um like you guys know whoever listens to the podcast and is listening to me ramble on the podcast knows i i live in maryland i'm from maryland i'm i'm like i couldn't be more surrounded by redskin fans my family's mostly redskin fans although they do root for the saints just for my sake but i have a ton of redskin friend or fans that are uh, you know my friends um so these games and it seems like it's been more recently i know the last two years uh and then a few years prior uh, they always mean a crap load to me uh, because of just where I'm at. And, um, you know, in, in this year, I had a I had a bet with uh, one of the trainers at my gym. Um, you know, I, I go to a functional fitness gym, not like your typical gym. So we do a lot of body weight stuff. And he came up to me. I was like, you know, he's a diehard D.C. sports fan. And uh, he goes like, all right, Charlie, we're playing the Saints. Um, whoever loses has to do 50 burpees. Uh, in under three minutes in front of the whole class. So like the gym I go to is like, it's on a turf. Um, it's really cool, but it's kind of local, although they are growing. Um, so I was like, damn, okay, man, you know, I shook his hands and we'll do it. And I the whole time thinking like, man, I would have rather made like a hundred dollar bet than the the 50. I mean, 50 burpees is, is, is fine for me, but in under three minutes is tough. And this dude is one of like top trainers at my gym. He did it. Uh, if you go to my Facebook page, you can you can he tagged me in it. He uh he did it in like two minutes and forty some seconds. So if wow. that dude could, like he barely he didn't barely make it, but wow. you know he was pushing it. But so anyways, obviously I'm extremely happy about this game for more reasons than one. But the man of the hour, the main the main character <laughs> on this podcast, this episode is our very own Tyler, who got to go down to New Orleans. It seemed like you were there for like. A month before the game started, because it was like, you know, hey, Tyler, how you doing, man? What are you doing for the day? You got to go down with your dad. You got to see the Saints. You got to see that awesomeness. Let's get into it, man. Talk about New Orleans. Talk about the food. Talk about the dome. Talk about the game, the record, everything. The floor is yours, my man. All right. Well, I'm good, guys. Uh, who that to everybody? You know, uh, I'm the other co-host, Tyler Raymond. Uh, the third person of this amazing trio. So, uh, yeah, this episode is really special. Not only did the Saints mollywop the Redskins, not only did you breeze ba- break the record, but I was there to see it all. It felt like a month, but it was only a week. Yeah, my dad and I, we, we flew down from Syracuse, New York, all the way down to New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh, what do I mention? Okay, so the food. The food was amazing. We went to walk-ons. We went to Cafe Du Monde. We went to the Hard Rock Cafe. We went everywhere. The food was great. The hospitality was great. Um, the weather wasn't ideal the entire week. It was actually raining really bad some of the days. Um, uh, the people are great. I got to meet a couple um, 
people I was down there, uh, podcast hosts Bob Rose and Sean Williams under the dome. Uh, they're great. Also got to meet of a hoot at this, uh, amazing writer himself, Mr. Tony Twilly, uh, Twilly. Kudos to you, man. He's really nice. Um, the game was literally freaking amazing. I lost my voice. It was well worth it. Um, it was loud. Uh, I think at I think at the most it was over. Uh, they have like a decibel reader, right, on the the Superdome screen. You know of how, how loud people are getting. I think it was like 105 point something. I think almost like 106. It was loud. Um, the the game went amazing. the The whole trip was amazing. We got to go on like a trolley, a, a bus tour that took us around the city. The food, oh my gosh, it was awesome. Like I'll, I'll get more into it later as we go on. We got to talk about the game too, but freaking incredible. Like I. I'm just so happy that I went. Like, my dad and I, we planned this trip months ago. Little did we know that we'd be going to not only see the Saints Molly Wapa team and just get better along the way, but to see Drew Brees break the record. It was insane. And, um, oh, also, I uh, have to give a shout-out to all the new people listening. So while I was down in New Orleans, I made, I made it very special that I had to, like, represent the podcast. I wore my shirt down there. By the way, guys, check out the merch. Dayton will throw a link to that later. Um, but I also had to uh, make a bunch of business cards and give them away. So we appreciate our returning listeners. But if you are a new listener listening to the Who Dad This podcast from myself, giving you a business card, we welcome you to the podcast. Yeah, guys, let's talk about this insane game. the The trip was great, though. Like I, I'm back to be in New York, but New Orleans was awesome. That's for sure. <clears throat> well, I remember the-, the first time I got down there to see a game. It was like, <clears throat> you know. Because the people who listen to this podcast probably don't probably know, but if you don't, the three of us, none of us are from New Orleans. We just, in our own unique way, have become Saints fans. And I remember yes, when sir. I got down there that first time, and I, I almost felt like it was it was like unreal because I had been there for work, um, in the region, not in the city of of New Orleans, but I had been there, uh, working on Hurricane Katrina relief with one of my old companies, and. But just to be, I don't know, it, it's really hard to explain. It's like, and, and I guess if you're from the city or if you're from the region and you grew up going there and you grew up going to the, grew up going to the Super, you just, you know, you, you don't, I don't, there's probably a little bit of a different feeling. But for those of us who are from outside the region and we get to go down there, I mean, every time for me, it feels awesome. But I remember that first time it was like, I can't believe I'm here. I can't, I can't believe I'm here in this magical. city. And like, I'm looking over at the Superdome, like that that's really right in front of me. And I'm in the middle of the business district and I look over here through Canal and I see the, the French Quarter, like just that feeling. And I know you were feeling it too when you got to go down there. But anyways, I can't. Oh, yes, I can sir. Absolutely. About, dude, I could ramble about that, that stuff forever. But uh, let's talk about the game, man. I can't wait to go there myself one day. Hopefully someday soon. Tyler, what was the favorite thing you ate down there? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Favorite restaurant and favorite dish. Um... Okay, so I'm a big fan of uh, 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 I'm forgetting the word, not gumbo, but uh, jambalaya. That's it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of jambalaya, but the so best good. meal, like it, I had some really good jambalaya. My dad and I, we got jambalaya while we were at uh, the Hard Rock Cafe. It was really good. But um, uh, the main thing, so I'm a big fan of burgers, right? I'm a burger dude. It's funny. You think I get more Cajun food while I'm down there, but oh well, I'm picky. But um, so <laughs> walk-ons had the best burgers ever like the bum was insane like the the oh i gotta say too uh just an extra perk uh the ladies were wearing cheerleader outfits that was pretty cool bunch of saints gear there um 
just like everything at Walk-Ons was literally incredible. Like the food was insanely good. Like, and it was only in walking distance right from our hotel. So we actually ended up going there two nights in a row, but best dish, uh, the jambalaya, best food, probably the burger, like incredible. Yeah. I mean, burgers are like, I don't know. They're definitely one of my favorite. I could eat a burger like for dinner every day. Um, you know, I have a, this is a random story about a about a burger uh, with with New, New Orleans. All right, so get this right. I used to travel a lot for work in a previous life, and um, like I've talked about, I traveled to New Orleans a lot for work. And one trip back from New Orleans, one of my teammates, this girl on our team, we we had like a late afternoon flight, but it was kind of like a weird time. Like it was wasn't quite dinner time, but it was after lunch time. So, like, we wanted to make sure we got something to eat before we got on the plane to go back home. And, I, you know, every my last meal in New Orleans is always something extremely Cajun or Creole. Like, I like to get that last bit of authentic uh, food before I get back on a plane and come back here to Maryland. And, uh, you know, so I got probably something like jambalaya or, or maybe even crawfish etouffee, which is one of my favorites. And this girl got a Cajun burger. And, uh, you know, thinking nothing of it, it's a burger. It's just got Cajun seasoning in it. Uh, so we go through the airport, and when we're going through security, they <clears throat> she, uh, they wanted to they wanted to search her. And, and we were like, what the hell is going on? Like, you know, this, this girl, she's got, she's got nothing but a laptop bag. Uh, and when she ran her laptop bag through the, the scanner thing, it, you know, it was coming off that there was residue of something that's not approved in her bag. And... She got her stuff like torn out right there on the table and by TSA in front of all of us. We're like, what the hell's going on? So <clears throat> we go over to her. And we're like, you know, is everything okay? We're talking to TSA. Like, what, what did what did she do? What does she have? And they're like, well, we're picking something up, you know, as a uh, from um, on our swabs even after it went through the the scanner thing. That you know, what what were you doing? And she was going through her day. You know, this is what we did. And I just ate lunch. Like, what'd you what'd you eat? So well. I had a Cajun burger, <laughs> and they were like, "That's it." Uh, every now, like if you get a lot of Cajun seasoning, it'll trip off this the uh, like that that swab thing that they do when they test for chemicals. And I'm like, number one, how is this real? But number two, this is in New Orleans. How much Cajun seasoning do you think is running through this thing? Uh, I don't know. That was that was pretty <laughs> funny. So we actually almost missed our That's flight funny. because this girl had a Cajun burger in New Orleans before we got on the flight in New Orleans to go home. Random story, but I thought I'd share that since you talked about burgers and we're talking about New Orleans food. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy, though. You know, uh, I don't know. New Orleans is just, like, all-around amazing. But, you know, uh, the people are great, man. Like, you know, and I had a lot of friends and people that I knew here. Not a lot. I mean, when I say a lot, I mean, like, five people that I knew here that went down to the game this year. And they were like, you know what? Even though the Redskins got absolutely shellacked uh, it was a great experience. You know, everyone was nice, and you know, we by the end of the game, you know, we were getting crushed so bad, we didn't care. We were just happy to be there, happy to experience the city, happy to see Drew Brees break the record. Yeah. You know, and, and like, and that's that's always like that. I mean, I remember one of the first games I ever went to in New Orleans was a Bucks game, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm from NFC East area where NFC East fans freaking hate each other, dude. Like it's. It's violently bad, you know. It's Eagles bad. fans. They play and, tonight too. Eagles, Giants. Yeah, right. And it'll be nasty, dude. It's just, it's just. Na- but I remember going to the Bucks game in the in the dome, and I didn't really know what to expect. Man, I see Buck fans joking with Saints fans, got their arms around each other, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. 
But uh, Absolutely, let's you know, let's talk about the game. So you you got to see front and center of the game. Talk about uh, how how was the the who that chant? I know is put, is pinned on your account, which is cool, man. That that's so cool. Um, yeah, man. And then so we win the toss and we defer. Like I was surprised. Were you surprised that we defer? Because usually uh, Coach Payton likes to drive down the field and score to set the tone early at home on a Monday night football game. We yeah, win that's the what I was toss. Thinking. Yeah, how'd you feel about that? That was kind of wild. Okay, so the game, yeah, they deferred. I, I was expecting, you know, like, primetime game. You know, Drew Brees on the spot. Like, I was expecting, you know, the Saints to, like, start off hot early. I was expecting them to, like, get the ball. Yeah, we want the ball. And, oh, my gosh, it was, like, insane. Like, just for the very beginning, I, like, I had a bar set. I'm like, man, this is going to be, like, lit. But, like... Man, the Saints just blew the lid right off my expectations, man. I'm just trying to think of, like, everything that happened. So we we deferred. Everybody was happy that we won the coin toss. Uh, it, it started, you know, with the Hudat chant. That was nuts. Uh, guys, check it out. We'll go through our Twitter where you can find us later at Twitter handles. But if you want to check it out right now, at Raymond Tom, it's my Twitter, it's my pinned account. I'll be posting a lot more photos and selfies and everything. Oh, forgot to mention, by the way. At the very beginning of the game, before the game even started, I was surprised because, okay, so my dad and I love to travel, and we loved going to Saints games. We've been to at Buffalo when we slaughtered them, at Cleveland and at Philly. Uh, unfortunately, those two games we lost. But um, what happened was uh, we were expecting, like, okay, we brought, like, a Saints mini helmet. I brought my sign. We thought that it would be tough. Like, we were going to try and meet Devery Henderson at the very beginning because he was signing free autographs. Uh, at the Hall of Fame. But when we got in there, it was just so packed. We're like, we just need to get to our seats, go get food. We're hungry. So, like, fine. But, um, so where we were sitting, uh, make sure you check out my Twitter account, guys, because it'll help paint a picture. Where we were sitting, we're only, like, 20 rows off from the field, right? So I was sitting originally. <laughs> it's funny. I got really heated on Twitter about it. But um, originally, like, crazy. we always like to go down there. Go. What did you say? No, I said you did. You were you were pissed. Yeah, yeah. No, I was really pissed because um, security was really stupidly aggressive and annoying during this game for like the first 10, 15 minutes, and it pissed me off because every other game we've gone to, security always lets us go down there right by the railing uh, and try to get autographs. And the funny part is too, like the railing we were right next to. The tunnel right next to it was the tunnel that the Saints came in and came out. So I was extremely mad. Like, that, like, put a huge damper on my move. I'm like, fine, whatever. I'm going to go get food, come back. So I came I came back and got food. I was freaking out because somehow, some way, they let a bunch of Saints fans down there. So I'm like, screw this. I'm going down there, too. I, I need to give me some autographs. So I went down there. I met a couple of nice dudes. They actually got on TV. They had some big signs about Drew Brees, Louisiana, blah, blah, blah. Drew Brees came over, and I started freaking out. Like, I already have his autograph. I've already met him. But it's like, anytime you can get the GOAT, especially on the night he's expected to go off on the Redskins and break the record, it had to happen. So I'm like, Drew, Drew, I'm from Syracuse, New York. Please, can you sign this? He signed uh, He signed uh, my sign. I was very happy. And then That's Austin so cool. Carr came around. And no, I know. I, I was so excited. That 180 completely from my mood. And then Austin Carr came around. I was like, Austin Carr, you have to come over here to sign my sign. And uh, I told him, you know, about the whole story about him on Facebook back when he was in college. 
don't need any blood and me from Syracuse. He was like, oh, well, I'm, got, uh, I'm glad you guys came out to see the game. You know, enjoy the game. And I'm like, yes, I got him too. So that was awesome. Um, I, I'm getting way off track. But as far as the game, though, like I, I'm happy regardless of the way it turned out because I think it couldn't have gone any better, especially, you know, we made a couple of mistakes, you know, with the fumble. Uh, that was unfortunate. But the way it turned out, though, by the end of that half, we were getting the ball back to score back again, you know, and just like the dome was electric. I can't tell you how many plays it showed on the um, on the monitor that uh, it was like a fan impact play. Like the dome was so loud. It, it would steadily creep up on you too, right? So what would happen, Charlie, is um, first down, we would get sort of loud. Second down, like, for example, when the Redskins were on offense, second down, even louder. Third down. The dome was ballistic. I, I, I could, my dad would try to talk to me. I'm like, Dad, I cannot even hear you. Just wait yeah, until the Redskins have to punt, please. Yeah. And then fourth down, we went ballistic. Oh my gosh! And then I remember, uh, yeah, man, I remember being in there. <clears throat> every time I've been in there, like third down when the dome is going ballistic, the away fans that I did see. Okay, so I was there in 2012 when RG3 beat mm-hmm. beat us in the dome, which really sucked, but. That was such a crazy game. The dome was so loud. I mean, it was so loud. And I remember looking over at Redskin fans, and they they had their head they had their hands over their ears and were ducking down, like yeah. not even <laughs> looking at the field because it was so loud. And I'm wow. like, dudes, you're here. It's fine. But yeah, what a game, man. Yeah, I guess if you want to, I mean, because you know me, I'm always gonna pick out something bad. Uh, the the fumble by Cam Meredith really sucked. I mean that that. I got scared at that point. I was, I was like, after that. Yeah, I was like, here we go, you know. Um, because at that great. point, it's 23. Here comes the collapse, right? Yeah, it's 23 to 6 at that point, right? And. Yeah. And had we. Cause, and we were driving that drive, and the game was 100% yeah. control. Had we had that not happened, I'm pretty sure we would have driven on the field and scored a touchdown. We go into half of 30 to 6. I mean, it would, just would have been disgusting, but. It really, it really never yeah. felt like the game was out of our control uh, or out of our hands. Never. And we we controlled the whole thing. We controlled the tempo, the pace. The front seven of the defense was going nuts. The front four, the pass rush got home a few times, creating turnovers. Um, you know, there are those games where it just seems that basically everything clicks, and that that just shows how how good this team can be and how justified the fans have been. And being number one, extremely optimistic, but then number two, being extremely disappointed in the team because we know that the talent is there on this roster to dominate and win a damn Super Bowl. Absolutely. And it's like it finally, you know, minus that fumble and a couple penalties here and there, um, and the almost fumble by Ingram, thankfully he got back. That was really our most complete game of this season. And the Redskins looked like they just walked into a hornet's nest and and had – absolutely no answer for for they couldn't breathe for anything i mean they did a good job against the run we did get what over 100 yards rushing or at 100 yards rushing but a lot of that was towards the end of the game um but it just seemed i mean we controlled every aspect of the game you know special teams absolutely the offense defense we were better on third down on both offense and defense we created a couple turnovers we sacked the quarterback a few times um you know, we we finally put together a pretty complete game, and we're you know, and obviously in my clearly the biggest negative from that game was Marshall Lattimore getting knocked out by his own guy, mm-hmm. 
early, early on in the game. And at that point, I got really worried because then a couple, like a few, a series. Oh, me too. PJ goes down. Yeah, PJ goes down. I'm like, okay, so like literally, who do we have playing corner other than Hardy and uh, (laughs) Justin Hardy? Yeah, Justin Hardy and Crawley. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I was worried at that point. PJ was able to come back in, which, you know, I I was relieved because PJ played, in my opinion, the best game of his professional career. He didn't get an interception like he did last year against the Panthers, but. So far, in my opinion, that was his most complete, clean game. I mean, he even on that long ball, I, I think it was it wasn't to uh, Richardson or Crowder. It was to it was a bootleg. Uh, he jumped the route and he timed it perfectly. And oh yeah, in the beginning, just, yeah, yeah. But there was so a incredible. long, there was that long ball up the sidelines. I think it was to I want to say Harris or something. I think number thirteen for the Redskins. The name is escaping me right now, mm. but. The way he squeezed back on that, like he played it, technically he played it perfectly. On a long ball up the sidelines, a lot of times corners, especially young corners, will completely freak out. They won't whip their head around to find the ball. They'll try to look at the receiver's eyes, and when the receiver's eyes get big, that's when they'll start to swipe and try to make sure they don't catch it. And nine times out of ten, they're freaking out. They're too early. They commit P.I., and then they get the ball. You know, they get a huge penalty. But what he did was he was able to whip his head back around and squeeze the receiver back towards the sideline so the receiver didn't have a chance to catch the ball. Yeah, it's just one play other than the big tackles he made. And, man, he just stepped up so big. And so did Hardy, man. I mean, talk about he Justin did. Hardy for a second. Dude's a primary special teams guy. What did he's you say? Talk about what? Justin Hardy. He's a he's a, he's a, one of our special teams aces, you know. Like, in all aspects of special yeah. teams, Justin Hardy makes plays. He had that block punt for a touchdown last year. He's probably, what, our fourth or fifth cornerback on the depth chart. Dude gets on the field and he gets an interception and damn near damn near scores. I mean, I don't know, man. I, it was just a cool game, dude. It was it was cool to see everything just sort of click. It was cool to have Mark back. It, it was, was. Cool, to, cool to see the record being broken. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's you know your, your vantage point. You're right there. So you're right there watching the game in person. Like, does I mm. thought the offense looked really really crisp and the offensive line played great. Like. From your vantage point, oh, we did. how did you feel about the pocket? Like it looked like Drew was never really under that much pressure, under than uh, other than a couple plays. Hmm. Oh, mm, okay, so I, I gotta mention quickly about the defense too. Defense has to get some love. I think what was killing me at the very beginning for the defense was, I think this is gonna happen all year. I think Saints fans are starting to freak out a little bit about it, but I think this is the type of defense that we that we are. You know, a bend, don't break. You know, sure, they might get down the field, but our red zone defense was surprisingly pretty, pretty good. I think the only main time I remember us really giving up a touchdown to them was when uh, Alex Smith just uh, took it himself and ran in. But other than that, um, two, another guy we got to mention, Marcus Davenport. This was his coming out game, man. He was just insane. I love Davenport. The secondary, despite struggles, you know, with Lattimore going out, he'll be good to go, hopefully. By the time we get back off the the bye week, he had a concussion. But, um, you know, I think the defense showed up, looked pretty good. Sure, we give up chunks of yards. Like, and the funny part is for the defense, too, it wasn't even explosive plays. I think it was just, like, checkdowns. You know, they might get maybe five or six up the middle one time, or they might get, you know, five or six off to the side, you know? And that worried me a bit because there was, you know, more yards I would like. But overall, it wasn't terrible. And... I'm telling you, I think we're starting to see our true defense come back, and it's going to be scary. These next few games, we've got tough opponents. If our defense can really, really be great and lock down and generate pressure, man, 
we're going to be well over 500. We're going to be well into the playoffs. But the offense. So, I'm trying to think. The offense uh, did pretty well. I think, you know, I definitely noticed when Ingram was blocking, that definitely helped. Uh, I, it's funny, just the offense in general. I think, obviously, we would love to see Kamara and Ingram use more, get more production. But I'll take what I could get. Matters. Um, the offensive line looked really good. I, I can't really remember any time where they just, like, over ran him, you know. Or I think the main time is when things get complicated is when the Redskins blitz. But at the same time, though, Drew Brees was picking up and throwing receivers open. And a couple times I had to see him step up. But I think those were the couple times that he was going long. You know, I think the the, the play that he broke the record, I got worried because I saw him step into the pocket. I'm like, please, dear God, nobody sack him. And he, he just steps up. You know, I think he I don't think he faked, but he like double checked his arm and then just throws a rocket, you know, and the offense yeah. looked really good though, you know, and great all around. You know? Yeah, on that on that play, um I could you could kind of tell actually when I was watching it live, the play that he broke the record, I thought that everything happened by design, but when you come to think of when you know, when he talked about it, when the coach talked about it, um Meredith and Traquan Smith weren't his primary, or Traquan Smith wasn't his primary read, and Meredith wasn't either. Either, and both of them were wide open on that play. It was, yeah. uh, it was, it was Kamara who was the primary guy in the corner. They're playing a cover two, and they basically put Josh Norman in a spot where you're either going to come up on the flat route with Kamara, or no, who was even guarding any of the receivers. It was no. hilarious. No, well, they on the back back end, like the safety had. He had to pick. See, like this is just Sean Payton's genius, man. That play really picked on that safety because it's either uh, Josh Norman's going to bail back on a cover two, um, and like in the primary, the primary read at that point was was Kamara, and he would have gotten the ball, and then Kamara, Kamara in space. I mean, you never know what's getting ready to happen, but uh, Norman saw that, and obviously, I mean. You know, in talking about Kamara, the Redskins clearly went into that game with the attitude of we will not let Kamara beat us because they really did a good job yeah. in, in, in containing him. I mean, he, he, he had a couple catches that were pretty solid. He had a couple of solid runs. But for the most part, what we've been used to, you know, the four games prior this year and then last season, he, he dominates, man, especially in open field. So anyways, on that He's particular play – you could see Bree's primary read was Kamara, and that's kind of the way he did like this little shoulder jerk, and that made uh, that made Norman crash down on the flat. Next thing you know, Traquan's open right on the sidelines. Meredith was open on like a deep crossing route. I mean, yeah, he could hit Meredith. He could hit Meredith, and then the rest is history, man. I, I actually recorded that live on my phone for some. For some maybe I drank too much whiskey rather than just DVRing it, but I <laughs> recorded it on my phone because I wanted that. Live, like in my living room, on my phone for the re- for for forever. But um, you know what's yeah, funny? I, mean, I, I was just gonna say that um, uh, my dad really wanted me to record the play, right? So the third, I, I forget what time during the game, but like um, my dad was like, "Tell you ready? We need to record this." I'm like, "Fine, fine, I got it." And I had my phone set to photo, not video. Not expecting. I'm like, oh, dad, it's just the first play. It'll probably take a couple of plays for Jubilee to uh, break the record. But um, I was like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it'll, it'll be fine. 
and I see everything happening. We're freaking out. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot to record it. But um, luckily, um, I, I got screenshots, or not screenshots, I got photos of said record being broken. And, and then um, uh, luckily the dude sitting next to me, props to him, man. Uh, he actually sent me the video on my phone. That was cool. But another <laughs> thing, too, we That's need to awesome. mention it really quick. Um, I'm sure you're probably really happy about it. I am, too, man. I just love the Saints. Here's why. Uh, Ingram and Michael Thomas on the sideline, man. Talk about, like, sure it's dirty, like, dancing when you're up by 30. But, man, that was pretty funny. You I have to admit. It, like, like, it was I awesome. How you could get mad about that. I mean, you're up. It's Monday night. You just broke the record. You're happy. They're playing. They're playing. Get your roll on by, you know, some native NOLA dudes. Like, I didn't see anything wrong with that. I, I've heard a lot. Yeah. The door a was lot of, I've heard a lot of complaining from. From Redskin fans, oh, you know they over. I mean, especially my phone was blowing up. Like, no, no none, of, none no, of the uh, Josh Norman so feud too with Michael none Thomas of the, Twitter. None of that the the uh, the congratulations, Charlie, on the win, or congratulations, Charlie, on on Breeze getting the wreck. None of that. It's been oh well, the you know they went overboard with with stopping the game, and they went overboard with uh, all the celebrations, and did they have to do all that? I'm like, okay, do you not understand the magnitude of what this man so just w- did? It's a once-in-a-lifetime event. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, and, and, hey. and people are just crying about yeah. it. Like, God, there's so much crying and yeah, like, from Redskins fans. I, I wasn't really... Too. Yeah, I wasn't really uh, too fond about that. I was Actually, there's a local guy here on the radio named Chad Dukes, and... Uh, I kind of got into a mini spat with him on Twitter only because I listened to his rant, which 90% of the rant was absolutely hilarious. Like once, once I got over his comments on the saints, like is he, he was like, I hate new Orleans. I hate their food. I hate their quarterback. Like he was just like, he sounded like a bitter. Yeah, he doesn't little know how to live then. Does he? Yeah, dude, he's just an absolute bitter, bitter Redskin fan. That's been, they've been wounded by this team since the early nineties when they were actually good. And ever since then they've been, They've been the Browns of the NFC, and actually nowadays the Browns are better than the Redskins. Um, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what do you? What does the Saints have to do with the fact that your team showed up and laid an egg and played like absolute crap? Like, that's not our fault that your team sucked. I'm but, prime dude, time was, too. The rest of that rant was awesome. And speaking of rants, what do you guys think about the uh, Michael Thomas, Josh Norman stuff? <clears throat> Loved it. Loved it. What that do you think fantastic. about Danny? Oh, oh man, I that that my, Michael Thomas standing the ground and, and calling out Norman. Now I I don't know fully what what happened in the game. On all fronts. We don't really know exactly what was said. I I, I don't think I know. Uh, uh, Norman and uh, uh, Quentin Dunbar both said bench. that Thomas was uh, talking a lot of trash. Uh, there are clips of uh, Thomas blocking Norman, and I kind not not exactly like going low, but you know, you know going around the legs of, of Norman annoying him getting into his head and yeah he definitely got into his head got benched um thomas had four catches for 74 yards norman got into a spat with him on twitter ended up deleting all of the tweets and uh uh, thomas called him out for that as well saying hey man we're grown we we are grown men here uh walk it like you talk it uh like me goes walk it like i talk it and uh shout out to michael thomas for standing his ground uh and uh um Sticking out, st- sticking up, not just for himself, but for the uh, uh, New Orleans team, and uh, not backing down from somebody who you know took a whooping and uh, can't take what they <clears throat> dish out. Because Norman is the biggest trash talker, um, probably in, in in all of the NFC um, for sure. Uh, Jalen, you know, Ramsey. but he's 
He's he's overrated and overpaid. He is absolutely. He's not. He's not he very is. good. And we almost overpaid for him. We almost Michael overpaid Thomas. for oh, him. I know, man. I know. And I, I, that's another thing I was rubbing into my my Redskin uh, fan fr- friends that um, yeah. Thank God we weren't the ones that overpaid, even though it was the stupid Redskins that overpaid him because it's almost like he was he was sort of being hidden in that Carolina defense, and yeah. then once he got out of it, uh, his true faults were. You know, we're yes. showing, but oh. I, which I think is a little bit surprising because the Saints played him twice a year for for a few years, and it's like no one would know how good he is better than the Saints. And we were ready. I mean, Breeze. I mean, the rumor was Breeze actually went to Loomis and said, "Look, I'll redo my deal right now if that means we'll get Josh Norman." And wow. you know how things happen, man. Everything happens yeah. for a reason. He doesn't come, but we get Norma, uh, more and and the rest is history. If we would have signed Norman, was Browner on the team at the time, or was that after Browner had left? Let's see. Browner I think it was, was after Browner. Yeah, that was still okay. aren't very good regardless. Well, I mean, Browner I, was what twenty fifteen. Yeah, so I think it was uh, a year after. Tyler, when did you go to Philly to see that game? Because that was that was then. Was that twenty fifteen or fourteen? Philly was, I think, fourteen. Philly was a while ago. Mm. Philly went. The Browns. Yeah, okay, we was like it the same year as the Browns? Slaughtered by a lot by him. Because the Browns... The Browns was the last field goal. No, no, no. So, remember, you went to the Browns game. That was 2014. I think that Eagles game was either the same Something. season or the year It was draft. a while ago. That's so, anyways, that, that was when, when that, hmm. that whole Norman thing went down. But right, right, right. What a crybaby. If you don't yeah. like it, shut us down. And, you know, right. and they're like, oh, well, we did shut him down. I'm like, I don't know, four catches for 74 yards? Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's not necessarily shutting anyone down. Yeah, I know. He got burnt. His bread got burnt. Toast. But, hey, yeah, at, <laughs> but, um, shout out. Traquan Smith, also a big shout-out to Von Bell. Led the team in tackles. Uh, Charlie tweeted about him. I think a lot of people tweeted about him. But um, he put a lot of Saints fans on notice. He is another strong safety on this team. And, yeah, obviously, uh, just congratulations. We've been talking about it. Uh, I just want to put out the official numbers and give an official congratulations from us to Drew Brees. He now leads all-time the NFL uh, any quarterback ever to play, 72,103 passing yards, passes uh, Peyton yeah, Manning's previous record of 71,940. And, yes, yeah, still counting for Drew Brees from that 72,103. Um, and big game from him. It was just an absolutely uh, spectacular event to watch. So congratulations to Drew Brees. Very special moment. Uh, he got to share with his family um, uh, the entire dome. That was the – I love that. First thing Drew Brees pointed to was the sky. Uh, and then after that, pointed to all the fans there in the dome. Uh, oh, and uh, of course, you know, first he uh, uh, hugged Teron Armstead and hugged his teammates. But when when he was breaking away to the sky, yeah. to the dome, to the fans, went over and hugged his family. Very special moment. Uh, Tyler, I, mm-hmm. how, what was that moment like? Right in that moment, how how, how many chills did you have? Uh, some Saints fans were crying. That was crazy. You yeah. know what the funny part is? Um, kudos to my dad. Two parts here. He need, like right now, he works at a TV station for a living. He needs to switch his profession and become a detective. Here's why. First, he found me on TV. Uh, uh, you guys know about it. Uh, Saints fans, check it out on my Twitter. Um, yeah. So like, we were in the pregame, right? This is a really quick story. We're in the pregame. I was waiting for Jubilee's autograph. Jubilee's to come over. He spotted me with my gray hat. Michael Thomas jersey and all, close to him. And he actually told me if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have gotten this photo. I don't know if I told you guys this, but uh, what happened was uh, we were talking about, you know, before Jubilee broke the record, we are like, man, his wife and kids must be staying in a suite or something, right? And they'll probably come down 
right before he breaks the play. Well, lo and behold, they're actually waiting on the sidelines, probably maybe like 100 feet from us or something. So my dad's like, Tyler, Tyler, I think that's Drew Brees' wife. I'm like, how do you know? He's like, look at all the kids. Look at all the kids goofing around. I'm like, okay, okay, let me get out my phone. And then the second that happens, uh, Miss Gail Benson comes over. I get a photo of their backs and stuff. And then, like, nine a minute later, Drew Brees breaks the record, and they all run over to go see him. And that was crazy. Like, I'm not sure if the uh, the dome got as loud as when the Redskins were on offense or the defense. You know, the, the dome was trying to, like, make it so they couldn't hear it. But, man, it got loud. There were clips of, like, Saints fans crying. They were, like... It was just, it was so beautiful, you know, and uh, during the, later in the game, too, uh, they had a thing where, like, it was a little segment on the TV where it was like, oh, yeah, let's compare cities, uh, and it was like, uh, one part of it was, like, quarterbacks who have record-breaking achievements, and I forget who the Redskins mentioned, blah, 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 but then they showed Drew Brees and with his kids and wife, and then him breaking the record, the crowd erupted, it Man, it was such a magical, beautiful night, man. I'm so blessed and honored that I could have been there. You know, and not only me, but this podcast gets to hear everything amazing from this game. It was just, it was so wonderful. And we mollywopped the Redskins. That's what I'm talking about. Mollywopped, so, dude. It should have been like 53 to 10 yeah, or 50 that to word. 10. Hmm. We went easy on them. Yeah, well, yeah, it could have been way worse for him. But I, I'm, I'm so happy, though. I, I like, I'm so ecstatic. And, you know, like, this has got me so much optimism, you know, like, going to the next few weeks. And you what's got me worried now? Watch. We're going to win the NFC South. I'm going to have to shave my head. But, um. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I made a yeah. bet. Uh, you know, I made a thing about that weeks ago. But. Talking about the uh, the fans crying, I, I don't think uh, the rest of the country really, they just don't no. get it. And I don't. They don't, don't do research. They don't, they don't get it. And I don't really fault them their ignorance as much i mean it's it's i don't like okay barstool sports is pretty funny to me they do some pretty funny stuff but like they they had a tweet of a video of the fan the famous fan that was on tv crying and it's like you know you're crying over Drew it's not just that man like i saw firsthand not as a native person from louisiana or from the gulf but what what the saints meant to that area as far as a recovery. I mean, the, it, it, and I actually am kind of sick and tired of talking about it, but I thought maybe it, thought maybe it, it deserved a little bit of attention just because it was called out online and it called out, you know, even the Monday night football people were talking about it. It was like, Oh, you know, this guy's crying. It's like, yeah, yeah he, he, I guarantee you right now, he's not the only one crying down there. I bet there's a lot of people at home that, that, that felt that. And it's like the saints gave those people something, something to, like the the extra motivation, the hope, and the energy to pull out of that, and uh, and and that's what that's what that was. It wasn't like you know this guy completely fangirling out. Just that guy probably went through some absolute crap, man. And 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 you know, Drew Brees is a major part of that recovery. Like it's not just absolutely. I, don't know. I can I can ramble on. on no, that. no, you're We're you're in a great that. point though. The guys, yeah. the guys at Barstool Sports like, got arrested celebrating for Tom Brady, so. Not yeah, talk about talk about fan girls, right? Like, not like, and and no, and nobody really mm-hmm. said much about that other than, oh wow, man, those guys are cool. Yeah, those guys at Barstool. I mean, look, at Barstool, a lot of their stuff is absolutely freaking yeah, yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're entertaining but, for sure. 
<laughs> but I mean that you know I'm get a little bit protected when you talk about the Saints. Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to rattle off some official stats uh, from the game. Drew Brees, twenty-six to twenty-nine, three hundred yards, three touchdowns, um, quarterback rating of ninety point one, and a uh, passer rating of one fifty-three point two. Very close to just absolutely perfect. I think the two sacks just kind of uh, threw it off a little bit. Um, Mark Ingram uh, and and the return back, the angry Mark, 16 carries, 53 yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara uh, had had a bit of a slow night, six carries, 24 yards, but obviously it was due to uh, Breeze throwing the ball 29 times, Ingram getting 16 carries. Uh, Traquan Smith led the team uh, in reception yards. Charlie's been waiting for it to happen. He's been calling it. We've all also been anticipating it. With Tedgin Jr. being out, Traquan Smith gets the opportunity to be wide receiver number two, and he makes the most of it, leading the team in receptions, or sorry, leading the, the team in yards. He had three receptions, 111 yards for two touchdowns, including, of course, the touchdown that broke the all-time passing yards record for uh, Drew Brees. And it's very uh, also funny to read some of the tweets where it's like, hey, Traquan Smith, uh, what happened to uh, your first touchdown ball uh, in the NFL? Uh, yeah, it's in like a glass case <laughs> over in Canton, Ohio, and uh, it has. Yeah, Drew they gave him another one. Like, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's it's not it's not the replica one, but like if he, if he ends up being a, a Hall of Fame guy, that is uh, something to to look out for. They uh, might add his name onto the placard or or put it on the opposite side. That that that'd be something to look out for. But um, obviously that's yeah. that's that's far down no the road, one. but. Targeted three times, and he caught all three balls, so uh, great to see out of him. Michael Thomas, like we said, four receptions, 74 yards. Cam Meredith, five receptions, 71 yards. He, he of course, did have the uh, fumble, but a very impressive game by him nonetheless. Um, uh, Benjamin Watson, four receptions, 30 yards. Um, he was also targeted four times as well. All, pretty much all of these guys were targeted or, or caught all the balls that were thrown to them, it's mainly because of uh, the accuracy from Drew Brees uh, only missing three passes the whole night, and because of the breakdown on defense from the Redskins, and the play calling was absolutely on point. So everything was just clicking for this offense. Uh, Josh Hill also had uh, the reception touchdown, two catches, 24 yards uh, total. Um, and Austin Carr also had a couple of catches. Drew Brees uh, had a one-yard reception as well. Um, and, yeah, of course, the fumble lost by uh, Meredith. Uh, A.J. Klein did recover the fumble. Uh, on the defense for the Saints. And uh, DeMario Davis was second on the team behind Von Bell, uh, uh, tied with A.J. Klein, six total tackles for the game. And we talked about Marcus Davenport. Um, uh, Cam Jordan also had a sack with Davenport and Sheldon Rankins, um, which was uh, fantastic to see, and Justin Hardy with the interception. So, um, yeah, overall just just uh, almost near perfect game by the Saints couple of hiccups, obviously, and like Charlie said, we absolutely could have uh, ran the score up more and uh, held them to less points. It could have been even a bigger blowout. So there are things to work on, but the team goes into yep. a bye week, uh, so they get rested, and they just look like the team coming off a bye week as opposed to the Redskins, who actually were coming off of their very early season bye. <laughs> um, and it was just absolutely yeah, uh, it couldn't have gone better. Uh, for the Saints. Couldn't have gone better for Saints fans. Couldn't have gone better for, for people going to the Dome. Um, other than Drew Brees, who would you guys uh, give give a game ball to? Well, Traquan played great. Um, Teron Armstead played great. Yeah. He was pancaking. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> on defense, Von Bell. I mean, I'm going to say this. I'll probably sound like a ridiculous homer. But in my opinion, Von Bell could be putting together... 
a Pro Bowl season. I think he's playing that well right now. He clearly he's solidified well. himself as our do-it-all strong safety, whereas Kurt Coleman's more sure. in on like base-type packages. Um, really impressed with Von Bell, man. He and there was a play, and actually, I was sitting on the couch t- talking to my wife. I was like, "Look, like it was, we were lining up, and there was a lot of miscommunication pre-snap with with the defense." And I and I told I told my wife, I was like, "Look, they don't even know what they're doing." Von Bell is trying to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. Von Bell read, uh, he read, he read that screen. It was a wide receiver screen, and jumped up and knocked knocked the ball down. I thought I thought that was just an amazing play. And and AJ Klein, man, I mean, he's he stepped yeah. up big time. You know, this podcast is has noted it you know throughout the preseason from last season early this season about you know his his play and, and his his need to step up and he, he really has so yeah those two guys and then obviously yeah. Marcus Davenport man maybe he does listen to the podcast maybe yeah he, he... No. <laughs> go ahead Marcus maybe da- Davenport stepped up big time oh. too. yeah he did couldn't like turn out Breakout game is. I was just going to be an understatement with that. I mean, he was, he was owning Trent Williams, who is one of the premier left tackles in the league, and he was. I mean, he was owning him. Yeah, all game. he was. Yeah. What about you? Um, what about I was you? Going to say what's? Oh, uh, sorry if it's uh, coming out weird. Uh, the connection so fucked me a little bit, guys. Uh, it's really really bad over in Syracuse, just like it was in New Orleans. <laughs> but um, Davenport for sure, man. Uh, Brian Baldy, you know Baldy on. On Twitter, he was saying, man, uh, he was looking like a young uh, Tutal Jones, I think. Uh, um, he looked so good. You know, fans were freaking out. You know, I, I, he's picking up things so quick. I think that's what's killing for me is, you know, like, he's really making an impact now. And that's what's really going to matter down the line, you know. And this is a few weeks now. We haven't seen uh, Trey Hendrickson. Uh, Trey Hendrickson has stepped up a lot from his rookie year to his second year. So that just goes to show you how much... Uh, uh, that, how much Davenport's been uh, impacting the defensive line. Defensive line looks incredible. I'm a little worried about uh, Stallworth. Hopefully, it'll be okay. Uh, I actually, I he actually came over to the sideline. We were on. I watched him walk off. Uh, he didn't walk off on his own power. Like he had people help hold him up, and he got in a cart and then got carted away. But um, hopefully, he's okay. Then our offense. Just everybody, you know, this is the week it happened, man. Cameron Meredith, Austin Carr, Traquan Smith. I guess it only took Ted Good Jr. to be out for everybody to really get involved. But, my, you know, a game ball goes to everybody not named Michael Thomas. Finally, you know, when finally another game that Drew Brees can go off and, you know, everybody gets involved and it doesn't take Kamara and Ingram and Michael Thomas. Sure, they played a part, but it wasn't a huge, huge part. So I'm just yeah. happy with everything. I mean, it really just, that's all that matters. Yeah. And honestly, it really just goes to show just how nasty this offense can be. This offensive line. Oh, it's lethal, man. We can put people out. The best Saints offense offense ever, and obviously under this, this Drew Brees, Sean Payton era, was 2011. And our offensive line is better than the 2011 offensive line. Um, And there's. Sorry, I keep getting cut out. It's it's raining like crazy here, dude. I don't, yeah, I don't, you're kind of a little. And I'm down in Maryland. Right. It's raining like. You're trying to say. It's absolutely raining like crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, our offense is poised to be. I mean, talent wise, I really think that this offense can be the best offense that the Saints have ever had. I mean, what made that offense so great was you had the mismatch conundrum of Jimmy Graham and, and Darren Sproles. 
Um, and now, yeah. you know, we have a stronger backfield maybe now that we did then. Although Pierre Thomas was, was great back then. Yeah, Pierre Thomas was great back then. Uh, <clears throat> um, and then That's our wide receiver – I think our wide receiver crew is maybe a little bit more talented. I don't know. We definitely have a better offensive line. But I think this offense can be as good as far as production as the 2011 offense. It's just that this offense really needs to continue to grow and get better on third down. Our defense is definitely better than the 2011 defense. That's that's yeah. That's that's we've positive. got an all-pro defensive end. Yes, a shutdown corner. And I and I think yeah. Marshawn Lattimore, with help from the bye week, I think he'll be good to go against the Ravens. And when we need him. Um, because Joe Flacco has been looking at uh, mm-hmm. besides besides against the Browns. Well, if we get into a uh, shootout with them, yeah, uh, I actually read a stat today. It was like if Flacco throws for over forty nine times in a game, like they never win. So if they get into a shootout, they'll probably lose. But I mean, you talked about it, man. Yeah, they don't have the weapons to keep up with us. <clears throat> we have our next few games after we come out of the bye. I mean, this bye is crucial, mm. crucial, crucial, crucial timing because we're at the Ravens, which I'll yep. be at that game. Nice. At, at Minnesota yes. on uh, what is that? Monday night. I, I won't be at no, that Sunday game. Night at Minnesota. Then we're home <laughs> against the Rams. I'll be at that Rams game. Ah. We're at the Eagles who are absolutely wow. <laughs> falling out of control right now. Then yeah. we have home to the Eagles, home mm. to the fail cons. Um, you know, what's kind of funny though, because yeah. in the beginning of the season, when we looked at this stretch, we were, I was like, oh my God, like this looks unbearable or, yeah. you know, ugh. but we think about, okay, the Ravens are beatable. They just lost to the Browns. The Browns are, are solid, but they're definitely beatable. Um, the Vikings, the Vikings defense, are beatable. The Vikings defense out of nowhere is not as strong beatable. as it was. The Rams, same story there. Their defense is beat up and not as strong as it was. Uh, the Bengals do not have a defense whatsoever. It seems the Eagles are in a lot of trouble and we know the struggle is with the Falcons. Um, you know, and then the Cowboys are the Cowboys. The Bucks, I don't think, are as strong as they were week one. Mm-hmm. The Panthers, Steelers, Panthers. That those last three games, yeah. that'll be tough. It's but crazy. this it's gauntlet crazy. that we're about to hit, it's I don't wild. know. It's not looking as daunting as it did, uh, you know, month, month, month and a half ago. It's wild that we don't get to see the Panthers until the last three weeks of the season. Like it could absolutely be a different team at that time. And yeah, division yeah. rival, uh, we get to face the. We see Buccaneers week one. We see Falcons. What was it, week three? And then uh, we get to see them a little bit later on. So even if uh, we do see a little bit different teams going down the line, we at least saw them early in the season, more so full strength before some of the dings and injuries happen over the season. But the Panthers could absolutely be a different team, and they're such an important division rival for us. So I think that's very interesting to look forward we can't to. Can't afford to blow it up. Yeah, exactly, and and the Steelers. The Can't afford to mess it up. Confusing Pittsburgh Steelers sandwich in the middle there. So uh, yeah, last three yeah. weeks definitely something to look. Pittsburgh for. doesn't look that great though. I don't know. Mm. They've got their flaws. Oh, well, the Steelers don't play defense. They can't play defense to save their life. Although they looked yeah. okay ever against since the, the linebacker got hurt. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, once Ryan Shazier went out, they they've been in trouble. And I think that Le'Veon Bell thing is really hanging over that locker room. Yep, um, absolutely. Uh, do you guys want to jump into some uh, NFL talk? Do you guys have anything else to say about the the game before we move on? Reasons why we love the Saints, maybe a little bit of that. I, you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do reasons why we love the Saints. Then we'll get into some uh, other NFL scores. If you want to uh, okay. start it off, Tyler. Yeah, I'll start off just because uh, uh, the network connection isn't great, and I'm not sure if I'll be able to hear all of yours. So I'll say mine first. Reasons why I love the Saints is the dome is electric. Like if you guys have never been to New Orleans, Louisiana, please, it, I want to say invest everything just to go, but please make it 
make it something that you have to go check out, especially if you go to a home Saints game. All my life, I've always wondered, or at least all since I've ever been a Saints fan, what it would be like to be in the Superdome, not to mention a primetime game, not to mention with Drew Brees a kicked butt and slaughtered a team and broke a record, but everything, like, like everything, it's so crazy, it's so cool. And you guys definitely have to check out the, my Twitter account later. We'll go into the, where you can find us. Because, please, you're missing out on all the amazing videos and photos. I have a video when uh, we scored a touchdown. I have a video when the Houdet chant. Everything is so cool. Like, New Orleans is so cool. I could live there in a heartbeat. I would drop everything right now and go move down there if I could. Like, that's why I love the Saints. They're in, they're intertwined with such an amazing city. and Just everything. The fan base. The food. The music. It's so cool. And uh, a little bit, too. Mark Ingram and Michael Thomas dancing that was pretty cool so that's mm. another reason but yeah that's why i love the saints they're freaking dope so that's that's fantastic and i agree 100 percent. charlie what you got the reason why i love the saints is it. i love these post-game locker room dance-offs mm. man that involve yes drew brees. Coach Pate or drew brees you know it's just it was that was really that cool white man got moves yeah, man. Hey, he's got moves. Hey, Pierre Thomas, uh, didn't Pierre Thomas say he thinks that he could, that Drew Brees could have won the NBA and he would have been called White Chocolate? Yep. <laughs> Saw that online. From <laughs> he can dunk? He, he can should dunk. win the MVP this year. Yeah, he can sure. dunk. Drew and Jelly. And Jelly, yeah. apparently. Which actually, the, the Jelly leads me into the reasons why I love the Saints. Drew Brees was able to find time, and I understand he's in the bye week, but still, the day after the Monday night game breaks this uh, uh, historic record, uh, an all-time NFL historic record. Tuesday and Wednesday following, he finds times out of his days uh, where he's a very busy guy, a family man as well, also working uh, to improve his game and uh, focus on the season uh, to make some appearances at Tulane University, um, a couple of charity uh, appearances, as well as obviously TV shows. Uh, he appeared via phone call uh, on The Herd. Um, I, I do I, – I listen to Colin Coward. Uh, he is a Pacific Northwest native like me. I don't usually agree with a lot of what uh, – some of his opinions, but uh, he, he's entertaining. So I thought that that was an interesting crossover for me because uh, Breeze doesn't uh, really uh, do, uh, I guess, uh, phone interviews with the national media too, too often. Uh, and so when it crosses like that, I always like to note it. But – um, yeah, shout out to Drew Brees for uh, finding time out of his very busy schedule to do uh, stuff like that. And uh, I, I think he, he really does do it for the fans because they know that they um, love his uh, – uh, what, what he has to say because he's not a very talkative guy. And uh, sorry, that's my dog going crazy, guys. She, she, she loves when I that's talk okay. about Drew Brees. Uh, she's wild. Uh, but, yeah, that's the reason, <laughs> reason why I love the Saints, Drew Brees. Um, find time out of his schedule to uh, do stuff like that. And le- like I said, I think he does do it for the fans um, because anybody taking time out of their schedule for that does it for somebody that they really care about, and we are the ones impacted the most from that. So uh, big shout-out to him for, for doing that. I, I, re- I really enjoy when um, ho- future Hall of Famers are uh, able to uh, – further put their stamp on history so to speak i guess uh and and speak their mind uh so shout out to drew Brees. but yeah let's get into some uh nfl scores obviously on thursday night the patriots beat the colts 38 to 24 uh bills beat the titans 13 to 12 uh the steelers 41 to 17 over the falcons uh at home 
So the Falcons. Are, uh, yes, yes. Shout out to that. The Falcons. Uh, one Falcons. and four now officially. Yeah, once um, again. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and it's not looking too good for them, especially with all the injuries that they have. Um, Jets beat the Broncos. Thanks, Broncos defense, for ruining my fantasy week. Uh, Jets 34, Broncos 16. Chiefs uh, also mollywopped the Jaguars 30-14. to 14, uh, Another strong defense uh, looking shaky. Uh, really, anything's possible in this league. Speaking of which, the Lions beat the Packers 31-23. Uh, Packers were unable to win uh, at home. Mason Crosby missed uh, more field goals than anybody can count, uh, which is very rare for a guy like him. Um, and that ultimately cost them the game. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see if he struggles next week. He uh, that, that veteran may be finding a new job. Um, Ravens over the Browns in overtime, 12-9. We talked about that. Panthers barely coming back and cheating to beat the Giants 33-31. 63-yard field goal. Can't believe that. Uh, fantastic field goal. It was, they spiked it on fourth and one. Game over, right? I don't I know. I don't. I, I thought he didn't get the first down. I, no, I was watching didn't. that game. I, I didn't think, think he they did got either. it. No. And they, they didn't review it. They snapped it too soon. 63-yard field goal. I mean, what? I no, couldn't believe that. I know. Shit. Unbelie- no, he made not. it. That was, no, that was awesome. It, but... Should he have been kicking that field goal, though? Oh, yeah, my video I posted on Twitter. Yeah. Did you guys see that? Yeah, 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 of course. Dude, like, I think, okay, I think it was more so an error on Fox Sports or Fox, you when know, like, I don't think the they updated down. the screen. Yeah. Because I I was out, so... We took our kid to the pumpkin patch that day. Uh, and here in Maryland, it was like 90 degrees. It was so freaking hot. Mm. That's besides the point. So, like, I was out, and I came home and turned that game on. And, like, literally turned that game on, like, I don't know, two plays prior to that particular play. And so, like, that's how I came into the game. Like, oh, wait, 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 what are we doing? The game's over. Stop. Stop, you know. And then the <laughs> guy nails a 63-yard. Did you guys hear the uh, the NFL likes to uh, – Likes to display when crazy plays like that happen, and it's someone from outside of America announcing the play, like the the foreign mm-hmm. announcers. Yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. Uh, I think I think it was Mexico. I don't want to sound ignorant here, but Spanish speaking uh, announcers went ballistic uh, making that they call. They were like going, <laughs> they were going nuts. It was that was hilarious. But yeah, that sucks, man. I feel like. The Giants really almost did us a favor there, and and they just got incredibly unlucky. Hopefully, the Redskins uh, do us a favor this upcoming week. Yes. Yeah, because they're the So the Buccaneers, <laughs> Buccaneers had a bye this week. So the official standings now, uh, after Week Five in the NFL, in uh, the NFC South, Saints four and one, uh, first place. Second place are the Panthers at three and one. Tampa Bay is third at two and two, and Atlanta dead last, one and four. Uh, which is a 200 winning percentage. Imagine, imagine your favorite team having a 200 win- winning percentage after Week Five. Could, couldn't be us. Um, other wow. NFL scores: Bengals over the Dolphins, 27 to 17. Chargers 26 over the Raiders, 10. Um, that was in Los Angeles, and the Cardinals went on the road and beat the uh, 49ers, 28 to 18. Um, for uh, Josh Rosen and the Cardinals' first win of 2018, Josh Rosen's first win of his career. Um, Vikings 23-21 to against the Eagles. Another competitive game, and the Eagles are looking a little shaky, as is the entire NFC East. No no team in that division now with a uh, winning record. Um, Rams come back against the Seahawks. My, my, my dad has been a Rams fan his entire life, um, and he uh, obviously we live only a few hours from Seattle, so um, the, he was able to drive up to the game and watch the, uh, his, his favorite team beat the Seahawks. 
Uh, and so, uh, shout out to my dad for for going to watch that game. He he got to go to Seattle last year and and see them beat the Seahawks. Uh, even even worse, uh, they they blew them out last year in Seattle. So um, awesome for him. Um, Texans beat the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football in overtime, nineteen to sixteen. And of course, the Saints, uh, forty three to nineteen over the Redskins. Uh, NFC South guys, what are you guys uh, you guys worried about? Any of those teams? Uh, Carolina, obviously, but uh, Tampa Bay, Atlanta. How vulnerable are they? Will they end up being better down the road, or does it seem like it's just going to be between the Saints and the Panthers for the South? And what other NFC teams are you worried about uh, besides the Rams? The Rams are are worrisome, but uh, any other any other teams scare you? Um. Well, as far as the Panthers, Not really. I haven't no. I haven't seen enough of the Panthers yet to really come up with a good opinion. I'm glad they play the Redskins this week. I'm glad that the Panthers play when I can watch them. You know, fully, I'll watch that game on Sunday, and hopefully the Redskins, uh, you know, can do us a little bit of a favor, even though we whooped up on them. They can, you know, help us out by helping themselves out. Um, <clears throat> but I think the, the Falcons, they just have they have way too many injuries on defense, and it's not just a guy here and a guy there. It's their, it's their main guys are all hurt, and then Devontae Freeman's hurt. So it's like... That's they're they're kind of going through what we've what we've gone through in the past, uh, and I think the Bucks came came back down to reality finally. Uh, I'm not too worried about them, so I really want to see what's up with the Panthers to see if the Saints can really put together, you know, something here to to sort of run away with the division. As far as the rest of the NFC, um, yeah, they're obviously the Rams. Don't need to talk. Don't need to talk about that. Um, Vikings. That offense is just out of control. Kirk Cousins is playing out of his mind. The Bears defense, <laughs> pretty solid. Uh, the Packers, obviously not too worried about them. Um, I don't think I'm really missing any of the big players in the NFC. Uh, one thing about the Saints I'd like to talk about is, um, well, just really quickly, is the schedule. So we have 11 games left. Um, <clears throat> of those 11 games, six are away. So we have more away games than we have home games. And then mm-hmm. of the 11 this is kind of a random thing, but I always look at this. We have one more. We have four more one o'clock starts. So of the eleven, we have four one o'clock starts. The rest are either prime time or the late afternoon game. And and I can see either one of those Panther games getting flexed to a later time, or even the Eagles game getting flexed to a later time. Um, it's a gauntlet, but like I said earlier, I don't think it has that much. I don't think it's as bad looking as it as it looked as it looked prior in the season. But as far as the rest of the NFC, I, I don't really know of any other teams that really, really, really worry me. The NFC East is weak. The NFC West is the Rams. The NFC North seems like it's basically going to be between the Bears, who I don't think anyone fully, fully trusts yet. I got to I mean, see that, more out of them. I got to see more out of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't too. know. What about you guys? Um, Go ahead, Tyler. You want me to go, Dan? Yeah. Or you want to go? No, no. Okay, no, no, no. Um, me – Um. I don't know. The Vikings, like, it's tough, you know? Like, uh, we had really high hopes on the Packers. They're falling flat. The Vikings and the Eagles still still look, although they look promising, still look like, you know, I mean, there are ways to beat them, you know? And I think right now the Rams are, are the most complete team. I think the Saints are right underneath there. That game against the Rams is going to be huge. Huge playoff implications going forward. You know, I want to see more of the Bears. I think I want to see more of the Panthers, you know? I can't don't remember if they've played really any great great teams like if the if the panthers play the eagles vikings or any of those great teams beat them then come talk to me but until then 
Uh, I'm holding out hope for the Saints. I think the Saints are going to be one of the teams to beat. If the Saints get home field advantage throughout the playoffs in New Orleans, oh, boy. Man, Super Bowl bound, that's all I'm saying. Mm. Yeah, that uh, that game against the Rams, it really is going to have some serious yeah. playoff implications. I mean, you know, really the way is. the tiebreakers could come down, and this is me talking like I know the Saints are going to go on a tear and win some games here. But, uh, yeah, that game, big implications for the season and postseason. Makes sure. me it makes me kind of nervous because, uh, yeah, uh, just imagining the Saints back in the Super Bowl, I, I I don't know. It's it's just been so long. It's 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 incredible, and I don't know. It just gives me butterflies to think about them being back there and of course getting uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs in the dome uh, like they did back in uh, uh, 09. That'd be uh, nuts. It would just be absolutely amazing. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 a little bit worried about the Bears, but again, I got to see more out of them. Mitch Trubisky really didn't throw any games throughout his career more than uh, one touchdown in a game. Just so happens to throw, what was it, six um, it, last week or, or the week before their bye week um, through six touchdowns in one game. So uh, could have been a fluke. Uh, it's not really consistent with uh, what he's done, but at the same time, uh, really impressive. So uh, if that's a, a trend with their fantastic defense that's that's young and hungry, uh, they could definitely be a scary team, but I, ultimately I think it's going to be the Rams. Vikings, Kirk Cousins has looked really good if their defense can at least pick up some of the slack. Everson Griffin has been injured, so that could contribute to their defense kind of uh, not being able to uh, perform the way that they did last year. Um, they could end up improving, and I'd be worried about that, and we do play them coming up soon, uh, as well as the Rams. Uh, so, yeah, both of those games I think are going to be absolutely gigantic. Uh, not really worried about anybody out of the East Perhaps the Eagles, if they somehow get it together, I do believe uh, in Doug Peterson, their head coach. I do think he's he's a great uh, offensive-minded guy who can uh, eventually pick this up. Um, so, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, and, and obviously, the Panthers—they uh, I I believe lead the league in rushing right now. And that's due to Christian wow. McCaffrey, Cam Newton as well, uh, dual threat guy, um, and they a lot of teams with good rushing attacks end up making it far and very deep into the playoffs and, and winning Super Bowls a lot of the times. And Cam Newton is looking more accurate than he did back in his MVP 2015 year. Uh, and if that continues to be a trend, uh, again, it's it's only week five. Uh, the, the Chiefs are also 5-0. They started out 5-0 last year, ended up kind of uh, sputtering out and uh, losing in the first round of the playoffs. So anything can happen. It's still early. But uh, if the Panthers continue on this trail, I am also going to be worried about them. But right now I think the Saints are looking like the best team overall in the NFC right next to the Rams. Obviously I, uh, with the Rams being undefeated, you got to give the nod to them for, for being number one clear cut. But after that, I think the saints definitely have a stronghold, um, on the conference. Um, anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up this podcast? Uh, it was a lot of fun to talk about the history, the fantastic game here, stories from Tyler. Anything else you guys want to add in real quick before we go to outros? Nothing much. Nope. Just excited to, uh, Actually, the last two Sundays, it was kind of nice to just kind of sit around and watch football, yeah. <laughs> you know, and not not be really yeah, freaked right. out, you know. Saints played Monday night, so it was cool to just kind kind of sit around and watch football. I'm and looking now forward it's to that. Week. We we don't yeah. have, we don't got to worry about it. No, that's what I'm saying. The last so yes, last have two Sundays in a row where yeah. we don't really have to you know go nuts. Um, but I'm looking forward to our uh, our Ravens game. Like I said, I'll be there. Um, and we'll have Lindsay okay on for the, we'll have her episode. on talk, break down this, break down the yeah. matchup. It's the only team that drew Brees and his 
awesome career hasn't beat. So our our main man Tyler got to see history. Hopefully, I get to steal a little bit of history there and mm. see Breeze Breeze you know defeat the last remaining team <laughs> in the NFL. But five hundred touchdown passes. Don't forget that. That too. Well, he's where, where's he at now? Uh, hold on. He's at four ninety nine. He's at four ninety nine. So yeah. I should see that. Uh, although that Ravens defense is pretty solid, but I, I don't know if they'll keep him from throwing a touchdown pass. But we'll see. I mean, it was fun, Tyler. I'm happy for you, bro. That's a well, once you, in a lifetime thing. That's something you'll you'll remember for the rest of your life. You were there. You got to see that live in person in the flesh. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, with your dad. I mean, really that's was. just that's just badass, man. That's that's super super cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. I'm just so happy that we beat the Redskins, and you know, I'm behind enemy lines, walking around smiling. I'm smiling at work. I'm smiling to my buddies. I'm talking trash. It's great. <laughs> all is well. Love it. There you go. Um, Anything for you, Dan, or no? Yeah, I just want to piggyback off what Charlie just mentioned. In for history, he could win. Is uh, yeah, Drew Brees would be the third quarterback ever behind, of course, Peyton Manning, Brett Favre to be all 32 NFL teams and uh Tom Brady is stuck at 31 and he's probably going to be stuck there forever because the only team he hasn't beat is the team he's playing for the New England Patriots so uh luckily for Drew Brees this is his <laughs> second team uh, of his career so he's able to do that take that bar stool exactly come on yeah um, <laughs> but uh yeah no other than that uh fantastic game fantastic uh uh stories by Tyler I, I loved your uh recall of uh your time in New Orleans uh, I'll go and talk oh, to you for man. the outros. Well, thanks. Uh, all right, guys. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode, this fantastic episode of Who That This Podcast. Charlie, Dayton, and myself, we love having you guys here. And this is where you can find us regarding our social media. So first, actually, um, next week for the bye. It's a very important bye. We haven't really talked about much. We're going to mention it now. Next week, we're pretty uh, – it's just about rock solid. We're having on former Saints wide receiver Quinn Early – and uh, the advocate uh, writer, Nick Underhill. It's going to be great. We have two amazing guests on. It's going to be probably the biggest week we've ever had for guests. So you guys definitely uh, don't want to miss that. So make sure to tune that in. Uh, tune in for that. As far as social media, uh, Charlie Pollock, you can find him at St. Charlie. Dayton Brown, you can find him at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow myself, Tyler Raymond, at Raymond Tyler M. Make sure to check out uh, hootatdish.com. Uh, we have amazing uh, articles coming out. Make sure to check out the Facebook page, Who That Dish. That's where you can find the amazing articles that come out, too, on the social medias. Uh, also, our uh, our article links and everything, they go there, too. The podcast links, it's awesome. And as far as where you can find our amazing podcast episodes every week with more amazing guests, find them on Spreaker.com and iTunes. Just search the Who That Dish podcast. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes. Head to swag.fansided.com for yes, our merch. check out our merch. Head to www.hoodatdish.com for uh, fantastic Saints articles. Um, and, yeah, follow us on Twitter. That's where you'll be able to stay up to date. Uh, but until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for tuning into this episode. And as always, who dat? Who dat? Who dat?